okay, and so like um, inherent vice. Inherent vice, and so like uh, we just like yesterday we went to see together inherent vice. It's it opened up here in in Helsinki, and it yeah it, the day before yesterday was the Opening premiere mm. the premiere. So it was packed with people and we went to see it just now and like I said there to you that it was probably the first I don't remember the last time I went to see a movie at its premiere like I always go to see the movies like very end yeah yeah and when you there's saw nobody the trailers. else you saw the trailers and that was nice Ah, you, uh, no, I, I don't mean like at the very yeah, beginning of the movie, but like a premiere. So, yeah, and I, I haven't seen trailers in a while. Like, the, yeah, usually, like that nowadays, it's always idiotic commercials about stuff. And now there, I didn't see one commercial. There was this horrible Seppo with, uh, with uh, ah, yeah. Pirka, Seoli Pirka. It's horrible. You want to yeah. kill the, the, the <laughs> screen. But we were discussing other things that time should be. Yeah, so, yeah, when you're alone, you have to yeah. see it. And then, and, then there was, and then it was really funny because it was like, it, it kind of, for me, like here we can start, like from the trailers of the movie, that I think like it really showed nicely the audience the trailers it showed the target audience like what kind of people now came to see inherent vice yeah it was because we were thinking about like yeah we are going to get your son Except that it it wasn't even taken. It was running all night long or something like that. But it Mm. was like Liam Neeson killing people. Yeah, same thing. With Ed Harris. And Ed Harris. Harris That was the nicest thing. I I like to see when he comes. Yeah. Like, hey, yeah, yeah. He's a presence. He's he's like a. like yeah, like in in history of violence, for example, the Cronenberg film, like Ed Harris just appears in the film, and hey, it's Ed Harris, like mm, just anyway, a very you, nice feeling. Anyway, he's a good actor, and you don't pay attention to that it's Ed Harris, but it's Ed Harris. Mm, yeah. But uh, it's a he's a presence like this uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Joaquin yeah. Phoenix is a presence too. I, w- I could watch him all this movie. <laughs> he was most of it there, mm. in the, a big screen on on his face, and and you could watch him, watch him, and, and never tire. He was really good in the hours, like that. It was really nice in that. Remember the hours with about the three ladies. Free woman and the Ed Harris. You're talking about Ed Harris. Yeah, I'm talking about uh, Jackie yeah. <laughs> But and and but like he and, was good. And I also always, for some reason, the the one movie that I always remember Ed Harris of, like Ed Harris that I associate is Jackson Pollock. Yeah, he played Jackson. He yeah, directed very it, good. and mm. it was a really nice movie. And He's that's impressed Ed Harris. by Jackson Pollock. Yeah, that was... that means he's very intelligent. Yeah, and um, so okay, and then the trailer there was this 
idiotic lie amnesia. It was like I, I was laughing, like I thought it was a comedy, running all night long because like it was like saving my daughter. Saving it it my was daughter. like this this the trailer started with Harry's and it's like oh okay it's oh it said Harry's then it must be interesting or something like drama and then Liam Neeson just kills somebody and it's like okay and 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 it's like a parody of an action movie mm. you know and and they were spitting on each other I will do this <laughs> no I will do this no yeah. I will do this. and then they try to be very serious I will kill your and then I will kill your son and then you will know how is it to lose the sun. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah, but that didn't mean that I'm not going to see the film. Yeah. And it was the, just and, funny. Yeah. And then there was next to that, there was um, suddenly like this very quiet uh, deaf movie about like that. And then there was like these yeah. letters about that this movie is uh, without any sound, like any. Uh, like subtitles, subtitles or, or voiceover or or dialogue, and everything is uh, acted through uh, what is it called? My, like the sign language. Yeah. That mm. all the actors are like deaf, mm. are like. And. It's like a documentary. Yeah, and I thought like, is it this this another weird commercial about something? Yeah, or is it you a documentary? never know. <laughs> And it's just everybody was silent and nobody mm. no, knew how to react to it. Mm. And there was like kind of, uh, I, I didn't know really how to react to the scenes about it. Like, did I like it or not? Because I liked some parts of it, like how the mm. camera moved and it was very quiet. I really like it. And this kind of stuff. Yeah, there was something wrong about it. I don't know what, but like the interesting thing about that what I thought about that trailer is that it was shown next to this taken yeah. parody <laughs> and it kind of for me it was these two extreme ends of the audience of uh, what kind of target audience comes to see Inherent Wise. I thought that was a good beginning to see like either you yeah. will have this very mm. potential artistic mm. movie mm. or you will have this entertaining dumbass mm. Uh, low genre movie mm. like low genre what is that but like um yeah so and 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 yeah and i felt like that was the mix of the audience like some people come to see something intelligent some they want to get into and be challenged by challenged mm -hmm. by and then some people want to come for the fart joke well, ac action bang bang yeah yeah, yeah. entertaining yeah the, I didn't like that film, the other one. The first one I'm not going to see ever, but the other one, I, I don't like it. But on the other hand, I can never say never. I have to, in trailers, you don't see the real thing. I remember the Gone Girl trailers. They were, it's absolutely horrible. The, the gone, the, gone Girl. Gone Girl trailers, and, and all in general trailers. You yeah. don't see the film. but. You can see some uh, interesting uh, visual things maybe there and here and actors which you like. You know what was a good trailer of a recent movie that we saw? Grande Bellezza. I remember seeing a very early trailer of that movie. I didn't know anything about what this movie is about. Mm. And it was the whole trailer was just these very quiet, calming shots of Rome in mm. different day, daylight and nightlight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and, and then, then the it voice... ended to this man in the sofa. No, no, no. 
No, nothing. Like it was just this voice, the man voiceover, just yeah, calmly, sexy, yeah. this sexy, calm voice describing mm. Rome and the feeling and the memories and the. It was like yeah, like like this this dream like mm. slow trailer and it it just captured my my interest. Like yeah. that was the whole point of it. That it was just just. Like I don't know anything about the, what this movie is going to be, and but I'm really interested in finding out, and that's what the trailer should do. Yeah. It shouldn't say anything about the movie. Yeah, nothing. I agree exactly. I agree. Mm. And you know what? Last time when I went to see American Sniper last week, mm-hmm. and in the beginning there was a trailer of uh, Oscar Isaacs, which yeah. I I loved him in <laughs> Lewin Davis, and mm. uh, so that trailer was also good it was a good trailer it was about new york you see mm-hmm. new york here and there and everywhere and then this people the man and the woman with it's about a, a day of violence is the name of the film mm. i think yeah day of violence i have to see it and they were very smart and yeah. intelligent and the, how they were photos pictured it was great so Sometimes trailers succeed. Yeah, yeah, and like trailers should be like trailers should be like a a most violent day. The most violent. It sounds uh, a familiar, most vi- but I think a I, most. Violent I don't know if I if I like. You would like that. Yeah, it, no, it's, no, it's you don't have to know anything about it. Yeah, I haven't heard anything about it and. But like, yeah, sometimes like the media exposure is too much like the Ex Machina, the other Oscar Isaac movie that we saw Ex Machina in on the trailers. They, I didn't even they saw like way too much of the film. It's like this artificial intelligence movie. Yeah, and then always, boom! Yeah, it's like, boom. it has to be like a thriller of its own or, yeah. I don't know, but. Another, another... It's like uh, underestimating the audience. Yeah, now, now, now I'm just thinking about good trailers. Like another good trailer <laughs> that really captured me <laughs> is, is the uh, girl with the dragon tattoo. Yes. That was an amazing trailer yeah. with the Led Zeppelin music. And yeah. it's like this. But she's great moment also experience. visually, this woman. Yeah. Seeing. What was her name? Rooney Mara. Yeah, yeah, Rooney Mara. Ra- Rama, Sama, Mara. Mara. Rooney Mara. Yeah, David Fincher. But but now we saw Paul Thomas Anderson, not David Fincher. And in it was inherent wise. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe instead of talking about the trailers, like yeah. we don't talk no, about I, the No, I would like to say about that film which uh, captivated me afterwards, what was left immediately in my mind was this colors, the colored. The colors of it, it's blue and green. And it's all blue and green. This uh, Joachim Phoenix is dressed all the time in blue and green and uh, sitting on this sofa and the telephone and everything. And uh, the... also the California in that 1970s, all blue and green. Mm-hmm. It was mostly, the visual effects was were marvelous. And it even started with this very dim 
nice, really dim, dark, like deep blue night uh, light. Like in inside Joaquin Phoenix home, remember? Like he, he was just laying there oh, and you there was know this what? blue color all over and it was like this very real. You know what? Yeah. We talked yesterday after we left from the movie on all the films which it uh, reminds yeah. about and what it's built up on. It's mm -hmm. built on f several films, in in our opinion. Yeah. Both of us. Yeah. But now I remember one more very important film. Yeah. Where in the beginning lies a man in his small apartment on the sofa, and that's how it starts. And what uh, what a uh, a tunnelma, stem, stemming in Swedish. <laughs> it's uh, the feeling, the atmosphere. Yeah, atmosphere. The atmosphere. Yeah. The atmosphere. It's this French movie from 1970s or something from Alain Delon, which I saw. Yeah. And it's um, it's called Ayoyahti. Um, this chase. Yeah, the chase, he... but uh, he, no, yeah. Also, I think he and everything has got after that films, but it's a great film and it's a French. So it was all French. What is Ayoyati in French? I don't have any it's anyway. It's a, it's one of the greatest films ever. But he lives in that apartment like that, and he goes back to it mm. all the time. But there, the the coloring was red. Ah, <laughs> kind of the orange red and. In the beginning shot, or... all of it. Oh, okay. All of it, and here it was blue and green. How much mm. you can make with the film when the film is the coloring? Yeah. So anyway, put it down somewhere. This Ayoyahti, you have to see it. You can get it in the library even. Ah, you're going, but uh, anyway, and it's. Um, I saw it in um, in Orion, in the yeah. National Film Archive. Breathtaking film. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And now I see it. This is is it's based on that. Okay. But of course the story is different. They are going after him. Yeah. But the way he lives. Yeah. And, I'm and talking about the way he lives. Yeah, and 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 kind of. Lone. It was kind of an opposite of what Alan Dillon is usually because he's so cool like Bogart and then Joaquin Phoenix played like this extreme opposite and very nervous and kind of like not nervous but like very on the edge kind of yeah uh, kind, kind of, of a, a guy uh, this um pot smoking person yeah like it was like and, but of course Humphrey Bogart we talked about Humphrey Bogart mm -hmm. in this uh, sense of uh, of this film yeah. This um, inherent vice. So, who is uh, very much involved in this is Humphrey Bogart and uh, Raymond Chandler. But yeah. but now I got into it. This uh, this uh, Alain Delon. Yeah, yeah. But like Bogart was the thing that we when we went to the movie. Like Bogart was the thing that we started. Like I told you, like you said, you had this. Um, Thing that you said that um, you you had this kind of uh, web made out of string, full of string of things 
Yeah, in, in my fingertips there are strings and I have to keep them all in control all the time and it's quite impossible because they are all going into some directions and combined together yeah. with Philip Marlowe and the Chinatown and this uh, marvelous um, uh, fear and, and, fear and loathing. loathing in Las Vegas. Yeah, and the, like, like you had all these references that you or associations of the, that that are connected to this movie, but you don't really, it's like hard to grasp them and to keep them all together. But like, and I told you that the, like the, 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 that for me, the first thing that, that where, where it all begins, yeah. like the first knot of, or the beginning of the, the line is the Bogart. And for yes. me, it was big sleep. Like, okay, like everybody has been talking about the, long goodbye and i talk about Martha's hawk and Martha's hawk uh, and i to me it was big sleep like to me i kind of went on to this film to to uh from the point of view of the big sleep that to me like this there's some kind of commentary or some kind of like purpose to 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 reflect on Bogart and uh, the Philip Marlowe big sleep story structure and um, yeah that we talk, talk, talked about like other stuff uh, other movies but like uh, no we have to talk about it yeah we have to talk about all of <laughs> but like the um, yeah like before we saw before I saw the movie I had read so many things about about it mm. and my interest started to grow more and more based on the, the realization that people took this very differently and that it appeared to be very challenging and very difficult movie like of like course it was yeah it was it was like it like people don't really know how to react on it or like what what is the strength of the movie or what is the negative like like because yeah like i i heard that the story story is extremely complex and weird and absurd <laughs> <laughs> and that that some people that they they really dislike the movie because of that they really don't like the movie like like because the, they try the to paper. follow the story and it's impossible yeah, and they have like this very there's no story yeah they have this very like um they would have, we should have helped them. You know what I was thinking when I was watching the movie? I, I was feeling like people, it, it felt like people went to, to see the movie and they want the movie to be how they like yeah, it to be. They, they like don't, they don't want it to times. present itself. Mm. It's not like, like I was thinking about science or belief system. Like in belief system, like you, you just want things to be how you would like them to be. Yeah. Or like you 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 have the choice to follow a certain kind of idea of abstract idea. Yeah. And then like with science we you kind of um of how I I had understood it and what I respect about it is that you let it present itself, whatever it is. Yeah. And you, you analyze don't... it through that. Yeah, of course. There's otherwise not science. Yeah. And this movie felt to me like science, like, 
I will just let it be what it yeah. is, and then we think about it like that. And okay. it was a very nice experience in that sense, that I don't have I don't have to let make it to be something that it doesn't want to be or it cannot be, but of course we can think about uh, if it's a good thing or a bad thing. But um, yeah, people had really like rough time. Uh, going into the movie and like I was thinking about it then then I started to think about the big sleep because we are talking about a detective movie uh, Philip we are talking about uh, a clear very clearly clear reference to Philip Marlowe and the detective and uh, with a with a uh, absurd story structure and i don't I, I actually I, I never even heard this reference from many people that people refer to the big sleep it that people talk about how complex this this storyline is and you can follow but big sleep as well is really complicated and hard to follow and but we like it we thought we think it's a fantastic movie then why do we think that this is a bad movie like i think that um this uh, Maltese hawk resembles this one because it has no end and tail. No, no head and tail or anything. It's it's absurd thing which in the end can, the people are not connected and they are just going and coming on, like being together but they're not really together. And they're characters and then then there is this absurd uh, a statue of Maltese Hawk, which is supposed to be the great treasure of the world, <laughs> and it's a piece of shit. <laughs> no, it's a kind of a block, yeah. uh, clumsily done, black beton block painted uh, uh, some black. And uh, and in this film, it was the fans, yeah. this uh, golden fans. It was Howard Hawks film, this deep sleep. Yeah. Yeah, in uh, no forty-six, but. Um, yeah, so so I think that this golden golden fangs was this Maltese hawk. Mm. It's kind of absurd. It's it's uh, Paul Thomas Anderson's way of putting all these films into in, in very intricate intric way together, mm. beautifully. Yeah, it's like a filigree thing. Mm. And the uh, Joachim Phoenix is. Is uh, is the crown of all of it. He captures mm. your attention. Yeah, he's in, just a brilliant. Actor. In every way, and the way yeah. we see him in this uh, article, which I I like this article. It was here. That's Larry David. That's Larry David. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's this one. Yeah, because he's also blue there. On 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 Helsinki Salon. Yeah, so there's Veli Pekka Lehtonen who went to interview Joachim uh, Phoenix and we got this wonderful photo of this it's, uh, it's in this uh, critics and uh, he looks like Johnny Depp in yeah exactly it's like the, the composition of the, the character like throughout it it's like it's Fear and loathing in Las Vegas. It's Hunter S. Thompson. It's like it's like a direct mirror image of of the elements of the character. He has the hats. He has like these hats, 
like in the in the picture in the movie and then he has the sunglasses and then he has the cigarette in his mouth that he's fighting with it teeth very tightly which in the funeral thing he had this this holder and the, his and his uh, face is uh, has the image of that and you know feeling. what and you know what I was thinking? Or oh, what do you want to say? Ah, no, that the only that in this film also Benicio del Toro and him just walked along together. They had to go somewhere, move. Because mm. in that film they move. In the car they move and all kinds of things. They in move. Fear and in fear, yeah, in fear and loathing. So they had to move. And they were kind of uh, together like a bunch, like there. Mm. With, yeah. Yeah, it's like this bunch. He came with the yeah. red. Red coat, he came into that uh, policeman. Yeah. Bigfoot. They came to Bigfoot with the, with the red coat, this Benicio del Toro. And was, they were both together, like uh, in, a, in a bunch, in a friendly. Yeah, and actually, like, I thought that in the end they were, like, he's a lawyer. Yeah. And we are introduced to the character as representing. The doc, or next to the police, like he's helping the doc to to get away from the police. Yeah. That they don't press yeah. charges or something, and it's like, and and I immediately I think that it's like like Hunter S. Thompson's Gonzo, mm. like the 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 lawyer. And then he but, didn't even represent him. He was in cohorts with uh, Bigfoot. Yeah, yeah, and 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 he said he said in the middle of of the of the dialogue, like the scene that that clients actually pay me. So he doesn't pay him. No. Apparently ever or anything. So But he also don't get money. In the whole film nobody pays him. Yeah exactly. That's that's another ah. thing. Like so <laughs> like in, in that so I was thinking that that they are they are they are only friends. But yeah. he's not, he's not his lawyer and he never represents him but they are like friends in the end. But he is a lawyer and it's like he has this power and I thought that that was the, the we connection. believed he's a lawyer he was obviously a lawyer but because they said to us that he's a lawyer but he mm -hmm. never looked a lawyer for a second <laughs> except that he looks intelligent and yeah. then that he, Phoenix doesn't look like a doctor and he's working in a doctor's office actually yeah. Yeah. he has a room in the doctor's office yeah. this, this bum <laughs> which is He's not doing any doctoring any mm. at all. It was so weird of how it's full and full and layers, layers of I, absurd. I, I like I like how the scenes represent themselves, like like the lawyer friends, like we are introduced him representing him uh, with a certain character element. Yeah. And and that that he's like that we assume that he's this this or that, and then we kind of get more information later on about what deal actually is the same way as as in the doctor thing like when, when we we hear about his office in the beginning but then he actually goes into this doctor place and he's like hello doc like welcome at, at your office there's there's a patient in your office the the receptionist this receptionist said. called petunia yeah her name was petunia was she was very lovely who is by the way paul thomas anderson's wife yeah, is oh, the reception receptionist. <laughs> but what? By the way, in this comes 
out in this petunia, we see that how carefully all the color characters are in the hundreds of characters, and they are all carefully represented and named. They have they have crazy names, no? Yeah. But like um and, and there was another another scene also. Oh ah. um yeah. Um so there was another scene in the um uh in the beginning when we are seeing like we are listen we are he hearing about this crazy beginning uh blot that the woman tells, which yeah. like it's a good example of the movie that, like, when when the <laughs> when the movie begins and the woman starts talking, the Shasta, 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 the the ex-girlfriend. Horrible name. Yeah, it's a really stupid name, and and she starts talking about stuff. I don't the understand. The woman was stupid altogether. Yeah, horrible woman. Yeah. And Betty Avola here says, here in in this uh, says that she's the best in the film. <laughs> Yeah, the actor. Do you think that same thing about the actor? No, <laughs> no, I don't think either. Like, I don't, I didn't like her that much. Like, uh -huh. she acted very well. In the beginning, the the woman tells this plot that is uh, totally absurd, and I don't understand anything what's going on. And this one is not Shasta; it's just somebody else. She was the Shasta. She was the ex-girlfriend. I think she was not Shasta. Well, who are you talking about? It's just the woman who tells you. Not the narrator. Ah, the not the narrator. The ex-girlfriend, the Shasta. Ah, I'm okay, talking about Shasta. the Shasta. She comes okay, in Shasta. and she starts telling this plot, how the movie begins. Just like in every Philip Marlowe story, story mm. the woman comes. Exactly the woman. same. It's the same, yeah. with exactly same. It's the yeah. classical setup. Film noir. Yeah. Here we have so the film noir. There's no challenge in this film. It's all clear. It's, yeah. I don't see the complexity. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. There's no it's, it's for everything that it shows it to be. Like, okay. Grand de Bellezza is also extremely simple movie in all its complexity. But it's it what has it, to what it be. Is. But that film is clear. La, La Grande Bellezza is clear throughout. Mm. Beautiful clearness. This one is not clear. No. It's a big mess. Yeah. And levels. Yeah, and so the the ex girlfriend is telling this polluted plot in the beginning. And then we hear these names of these characters. Yes. And we don't understand who, who is, is this what? wolfman, who is like uh, what he looks like. We just know that there's was it wolf son? Wolfman, wolf son or wolf man? Because this I don't know. black man was talking about the wolf man. So he that's how he said it. Wolf man, wolf son. Yeah, wolf man, <laughs> <laughs> wolf man. He was, and the other was talking about wolf man, <laughs> wolf man. But he was wolf man. <laughs> it was wonderful. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. To me, he's Wolfman now. So like Wolfman. So, yeah. So, it, <laughs> so it's the it was Michael, Mike, Mike Wolfman. Yeah, Mickey. Mickey Wolfman, Mickey Wolfman. So um, we don't even so, remember this most important no. one who the after all this film. So so um, we hear Wolfman and everything and all these people and then we see on the on the TV. We see this really stupid commercial, or like this very funny commercial, and there's this uh, character describing the 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 thing that it's selling, 
and it's just Brooklyn, just Brooklyn, telling it, and I was thinking like, oh, then, I recognize. Then the audience laughed. Yeah, yeah, it was. Very... I didn't understand why they laughed. I laughed. I was so the was really yeah, funny. I know you laughed. Yeah. But I was maybe the only one who didn't catch the whole laughing. Thing. It was really absurd. It was well, just funny. It oh, was like... I didn't. I thought it seriously. <laughs> okay. But like. I laughed because it was so absurd and it was like an example of the rest of the movie in some ways that we can come back to, like I, I, think, I can explain to you, but like, yeah. I think that in the TV commercial was question was about the uh, um, On the TV? Uhteiskunta, yeah, on the in TV. The society. society. It was all about society and I think that a TV frame, very small square frame in black and white with the afro of on Bro Josh Brolin talking, gave the the measurement for this film. Yeah. Now we are talking about society. Yeah. Now I got it clear. Yeah, and it was a hippie character explaining like real estate. Yeah, real estate. Yeah. But, but by a hippie, ah. so it was like bringing kind of classes together. Mm. This yeah. film is about society, yeah. that's how it came. So, and then we saw the character in it, and I didn't, I, 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 thought, I thought to myself, I recognize that guy, it's Brolin, mm. it's like in all these movies, and like, I, and yeah, that's right, he's in this movie also, mm. that I, I remembered, but then I was like, but who is he? Mm. Who is the character? And then I thought, mm. like, it, it, it showed Mickey Wolfman on the mm. TV. Mm. I was like, oh, he's the Wolfman. Mm. He's Mickey Wolfman. Yeah, I thought also. Yeah, and then suddenly he's Bigfoot. Yeah. Not Wolfman. So yeah. I, I, I really, like, throughout the film, I really liked how they represented uh, characters and situations that you really don't have any clue of what it's about or like, that, and and it's kind of like this empty drop and then it's kind of later on kind of you you come to a certain realization like oh it wasn't like that it was like this yeah and the whole the movie but was yeah like, what? but but we know that you're wasting your time if you start to think about who is who and what is what because what does it matter who is who in this film the whole idea is that it's changing yeah. The the names and people are changing in your eyes and mouth. Yeah. In your talk. But who has written this film? Is it uh, It was Paul Thomas Anderson. Anderson himself? Yeah, he wrote. And and I oh, and what I what a brilliant mind. Yeah, and I and I like it was from Pinchon. Pinchon, Thomas Pinchon was wonderful writer. Yeah. It's really so good. so it's from his yeah, I, I, I forgot that it's him. I, I I understood that it's like his first adaptation to a film, film first film mm. like from his book. Mm. And Paul Thomas Anderson wrote the script in a way that he first he had this process that he first wrote the whole book from word to word into a screenplay. Just every scene, every every dialogue, everything, oh, every, ah, the whole book. Ah, la, Charlie Kaufman. Not Charlie Kaufman, Andy Kaufman. <laughs> like reading the book. Reading the book of Gold Hat. <laughs> this, uh, what, Gold Hat. You the, saw the movie. It was the. 
Andy Kaufman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like the book, the cult hat, the what is it called? Now I don't remember. You saw the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. Like the stupid movie. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Baz Luhrmann. Yeah, the Great Catsby. The Great Catsby. Catsby. Yeah. So, and Leonard DiCaprio. Yeah, so yeah. it's Andy Kaufman reading it word to word. And he, this one did the same with yeah, this. Yeah, he did the whole book. And then from that, he started to like modify it. Oh. So that's why they're it like. It must have, it so, must have took, taken years. <laughs> yeah. So complex. Maybe it took like. Just like to mix year. up the porridge with yeah. the names and the people, and everybody's frantic watching it. Who is who? Who is who? Who is who? Yeah. And then, anyway, there is only him. <laughs> There's only Joachim Phoenix laughing. <laughs> yeah, very simple. Like, and and that, that's why I think people said that it was like word to word adaptation, but then some scenes left out. Uh, yeah. Some change. It's a but way it's to fun. talk about it only. Yeah, it's yeah. But that's that's the way. Like I I I heard that it was like made from the book and like um what else? What what was I thinking about before? Like now I'm totally lost with like what did I actually wanted to say in the beginning? Like um. We talk about this uh, <laughs> woman. You start with the woman, Shasta. You know, I actually have already by then I had like 10 things that I, I needed to talk. I, I wanted to say about the picture. So like Which picture? This picture on uh, the on the newspaper. And the, oh, and the Phoenix. Yeah, yeah, the character of Joaquin Phoenix is like, I remember seeing it in the, in the sneak. I, I remember seeing like uh, photographs of the set when they were filming it. And like Paul Thomas Anderson is making a new movie, ooh, and Joaquin Phoenix on the set, and I kind of, and I was really interested, and I, and I clicked it, and I saw Joaquin Phoenix with this red, uh, blue uh, jeans jean shirt, and and with with really crappy looking, like on 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 walking. He had on the horrible the... jeans which were sagging on him all yeah. the way and he's a small man. Yeah. He's not a tall guy, so he looks really funny in those clothes. Yeah, yeah. And and then and the biggest thing was the sideburns and the beard. Yeah. With the in the middle there is a cut and it's like this huge sideburns on the side. And I thought that's the ugliest thing I've Ugly, ever seen. Yes. And I really cannot I cannot if I see a movie or a character or something, I, I cannot enjoy like I cannot enjoy it somehow. Like I think it's so ugly. But in the end, way, it, behaved, of... it was beautiful on the screen. Yeah, and that's that was the weird thing. Throughout the movie, I didn't care a bit about. I didn't even realize that he had this kind of uh, uh, haircut, a beard cut, and beard style of mm. beard. I thought it was somehow just natural and like just belongs to it. Mm. And that was a really weird effect on me that you like that 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 kind of a dislike or just natural yeah. feeling that mm. I cannot like like Meryl has this thing about noses. Yeah. She, she cannot has, she yeah. cannot look like a certain type of nose and it's like ah it just bothers you, you know? It's like this it's like the, the knee of the Caravaggio. You know, it, it just comes out and yeah. it captures you mm -hmm. and there's something about it. And and with with Joaquin Finn, it wasn't the sideburns, but it was the little uh, 
cut which had been uh, wound in the yeah. old times sometimes. Yeah, something like in the... In... He has a cut on the upper Yeah, leg. I couldn't, couldn't not watch it. Yeah, it I like think maximized... everybody in the audience watched it. Yeah, like it was this extreme close-up of Joaquin Phoenix and With the in the center his little cut. One his... meter of it, of so a cut. The whole, the... I think for me the whole movie is this, this little detail because that's the most the little detail is the, the most screen time is for mm. that cut. The, 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 the mm. cut of Joaquin Phoenix in this movie is the most seen actor. Maybe it's movie. that. Maybe that is the inherent vice. <laughs> maybe that's the inherent vice. But and, but he had the same cut in the master. He has the same scar. Because he has it. Yeah, exactly. It's and inherent I, vice. Yeah, and I, the first time I saw it was on the master. Because yeah. I thought it belongs to the characters. Uh. I thought it was like, this is so it's brilliant. so good. Yeah, yeah like, that's brilliant. <laughs> Did they make up it? Or something? Because I never saw it before. I, don't, I never He don't want to it. hide it. And normally people want to hide their fails. In, in, in her and in I'm still here, he has a mustache that covers it. So I don't, you don't see it, but here the, it's very clear and which, I thought like, which film? I'm still here, the the one on the interview that they saw on the newspaper, that, oh, yeah, that right. he's a rapper and everything, that's, ah. that Veli Pekka Lehtonen likes a lot and I agree, like I, that's why I like Veli Pekka Lehtonen, like I give trust to him, like you say, but this, things like this on his interview that he mentions that, like he goes through his past new films, like I walk the line and all this kind of stuff that he got famous of, but then he, from out of all those films, he brings out as an uh, exceptional and powerful performance. The I'm still here, which is a really good Joaquin Phoenix. Which I think came out here that Joaquin Phoenix himself thinks equally. Yeah, yeah, I think he's he, proud of that. Yeah, film. I think like that was a like some kind of milestone and I think it, it did something that after well, that his acting has been exceptionally good like I don't really remember him in Gladiator I think he's a I don't remember <laughs> yeah exactly he, like he must be good in it yeah but, apparently he got an Oscar for it apparently no no like they, they Russell Crowe got no but they said here that on the interview they said that uh, oh, no, no, it was Oscar nomination, yeah, not an Oscar. Yeah. No, but, but. but uh, I want to say also about this, that, um, uh, just a minute. Um, now you mixed me up with this. Yeah, because in this <laughs> I'm still here, he had to be very brave when he did it. Because he had to say publicly, I stop acting. Yeah, and yeah, mean it, was a it. Big thing. it yeah. was kind of meaning it, and but not me. He didn't yeah. mean it, but he meant it. So it must have been very his courageous person. It's one of the greatest meta movies ever because I remember hearing the news, and I didn't know how to take it, and it was weird, and it it really shocked you. Same and thing with uh, Kim Ki Duk in uh, Arirang. Arirang, when uh, in the end he killed himself. <laughs> And uh, <laughs> I was sure that's it. My God, I be so believed in this whole Arirang that it uh, was. And then, what luck! He didn't stop. He made still new films yeah. and is making better and better. Yeah. Let's uh, make an order here. If <laughs> go logically, 
So what we want to say is that obviously this um, um, inherent vice has a layers of of uh, uh, movies in it, yeah, which yeah. Paul Thomas Anderson has done, and those movies mm. ha are in what you told me yesterday is uh, is uh, um, uh, the fear and loss of Las in Las Vegas and yeah. Benicio del Toro in this film because it, of it. I, I'm so sure it's clear, and and the character it. design and the sorry do you want to continue no, like their films yeah we you can say uh, something about the fian yeah like the first thing was like to me the beginning was big sleep we start from big sleep that's, uh, that's the uh, basic that's structure that's the that's base. the base we we start from from and then and you then this big sleep and i think also maldis falcon. Falcon. falcon and apparently the long goodbye yeah but we don't know about that so we don't include it to us it's big sleep and maldis falcon or have you seen long goodbye yeah but i don't also what see kind of film i don't know what no kind. we have I to see them that's so it. i don't that's, care that's the lines i have to keep in the finger yeah i don't care about now about long goodbye I, I know big sleep and maldis falcon like so that that's the base mm. and philip, philip marlowe mm. the, the 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 no end knots so it doesn't matter what you said like and the, the absurd yeah on uh, that story base. structure yeah so then and then we we start moving on and we on that base and we come to a, this kind of a hybrid level of uh fear and loathing and that's the Terry Gilliam. That's the Terry Gilliam, <laughs> fear and loathing, and in, in general, Terry Gilliam style mm. of how he he, may, he he creates this atmosphere that we have to talk about. Yeah. And then what was the next one? Now I totally forgot. Fear and loathing, and it was Paul Oster was there. Yeah. The, okay. That that was a uh, like one, yes, one but thing. Yes, but I've been the, trying to remember. Yeah. Yeah, it was on the same level, fear and loathing, and oh no, I totally forgot about it. Oh, what was next to fear and loathing? Ah, but uh, it will come to us. <laughs> okay, but okay, I want to talk about fear and loathing. Maybe it comes from that, because throughout the movie, it wanted to like. You think throughout the movie? Yeah, yeah, like, like, like very much like from the beginning, from the TV. Yeah. moment already it it, it one it, there was this element of fear and loathing in the character Medea. no no that it the the point of the drug smoke let's call it the drug smoke so, uh, the so drug the, smoke. okay uh, no no not the, the trip mm. the drug the hallucinative trip of the movie it looked because, like hallucinating trip exactly like the movie is kind of uh yeah it, it it puts you like it, it's like it, you glance it through this trip, like you go into this trip, yeah. and the movie is really weird, and it's yeah. like the 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 big Lebowski. That was big the big Lebowski. Okay. I remember would, that. Yes, so, but uh, so, I want to say something in somewhere, yes, yes, yes. somewhere between. I want to say something. Yeah. So, if it's like hallucinating trip of uh, all this. Uh, no, but now you said big level. No, okay, the fear and loathing. No, no, let's talk about the fear and loathing. So, like, just just so we know where we are. So we have big sleep, Maltese Falcon, the base, and then we move on into this hybrid uh, level 
uh, equal level of fear and loathing and Big Lebowski and on, on top the hovering Paul Auster element of it. And the fear and loathing thing is that this the hallucinative trip that we saw it, we see the movie through this, this uh, it's like a trip. It's like a hallucinative kinetic. <laughs> yes, now trip. I remember what I wanted to say yeah. about it because the hallucinating trip, that's absolute true in it that we are going through an hallucinating trip the whole thing and i was waiting from the beginning because i'm a logical person yeah. and i want to i was waiting from the beginning when we see him in his home in his sofa and yeah. the phone rings this old beautiful phone very sharply rings and he gets these ideas and the woman comes and mm. things with shasta which is a horrible name <laughs> so <Fain laughs> word was it just a fain word or something uh, it's Brings me idea of shit. <laughs> Shasta. Shaisha. Something like that. And I think it's purposeful. So, anyway, so um, I'm waiting for him to get commission. The whole film, I started to wait for it, to get the commission. Because he's a detective. Ah, so he has money. to get the. Co no, he oh. has to get commission. And Shasta oh. comes and makes a kind of a thing. No, he says that this has. But never gives a commission. She just says something about the man. Yeah. Yeah, I have this man there, and you know, and oh. I need help. But what help? She never says what. I understand. She, she never says what. Try, look at it again and see. So I, he doesn't get commission. And there's no talk about payment and in Philip Marlowe there is a commission and there is a payment but <laughs> and there has to be a logical for me that's logical so we are on a hallucinating trip which he never gets paid you are too, right yeah exactly and that's... he never is going to ask for payment no because how does he live that's a very and how does he get though. the grass yeah. in his table is full of grass which the police in the end eats, <laughs> eats and he smokes first and then he eats it and, <laughs> and that's a sim great symbol of it of, yeah, of the whole film George Brolin was uh, a great symbol and he goes into a desperation on his face this one this rocking phoenix when he yeah. eats it all and now it's gone he eats uh, it it's a great symbol yeah it and, was great symbol. and so we come to the second point in yeah. the film which in the which concluded the first point which was given to us on the square yeah. uh, of the society here mm. we have the society mm. and in the end this and second point where George Brolin eats this uh, grass mm. here we have the society yeah. the police eats the grass <laughs> into his stomach yeah. it don't the, smoke it it even it, eats the joint even eats the that joint that was for me like such a, like, it was outrageous happening. It's a, it's a out of logic. Did you notice that Brolin was crying? Yeah. He had this. It, yeah, he was, was crying. It was deep in his face, closed eyes, so you couldn't see it clearly. But they were really red, mm. and it was like trembling. There was mm. like something breaking down mm. inside. Mm. There's so great actor. much levels in that. To think about why why he's crying. I got mm. after, like that was one of the biggest mysteries. Like we we talk about how you think about movies afterwards and what kind of sticks in your mind. Mm. Mm. That was the thing for me. Like 
that was for me the great mystery of Inherent Vice is why Brawling Bigfoot was crying in the end. Like that, that stick with me. That I, was the thing that me... I started to think more and more and kind of starting to think the background and what happened behind the scene and kind of deconstructing the plot. So, and uh, what, what, what has happened was that moment, that image of Brawling crying. So, back to the logics. Yeah. Is uh, Paul, Thomas, Paul Thomas Anderson has uh, made a trilogy like you said in the end of the, that, that, the in the theater you said that it. That Diavola said. Ah, he said it. No, you yeah you said that somebody uh, said somewhere. You said in the theater. Yeah, but I I referred to you, you because you said somewhere that somebody said that. Or was it Bert Diavola or somebody who said that uh, Avola that. Uh, that he he's like making a trilogy of like not a tri- trilogy he, he's making movies about america in different periods oh yeah, yeah but i think it's obvious that so then, he's making because there will be blood yeah. it's one period yeah. over and then the next the master mm-hmm. is in uh, after the war when phoenix got mm-hmm. out of the army and uh, the second world war and now it's 1970s mm-hmm. but he, he hasn't made yet uh, nowadays life but uh, may, maybe he doesn't yeah so i think those describe society and it's established there but covered yeah. very cleverly in yeah. layers so we are in layers yeah they are very like american we are in big Le- Lebowski. yeah yeah and and the, and the and the fear and loathing thing is like like uh I think about that more is like that yeah I, I maybe I don't want to say which one is better or succeeds like they do no, it very differently yeah they do it very I can't differently. say even and Derek Gilliam like I said to you yesterday that he's so classic with his with his style and I when I the whole time watching this movie I started to think more and more about what kind of a great movie Fear and Loathing is, and what kind of an amazing experience as a trip it is. It's not and, yeah. and that uh, that was like, this movie now came up and people are like challenged by it and they think about it. But like I saw, like I said to you yesterday, I, to me, I feel like this is just a, a prototype of all kind of other movies. Yeah. Like what you said I in the beginning, that it's too. a levels of different movies that Paul Thomas Anderson kind of see, feels like refers. Not, maybe maybe it's a Cassins thing, you know, that we, we just see them. We see it because we know these movies and everything and we kind of piece it together. But That's he's our... an artist. He's a great artist, so he can yeah. create something new. He don't yeah. have to refer to the old ones yeah, like no. Roy Anderson to Bruegel's yeah. uh, bird in the on the no, branch. No. Yeah, exactly. Don't have to. No, yeah. Or Tarkovsky. It's, it's more like the evolution of like Cassin's neorealism that you explained yesterday. That mm-hmm. that uh, how how it just evolves by itself on the on the basis of of others or of of examples. And I think like fear and loathing is is like. We, we, by watching Inherent Wise, we can see so much more in Fear and We can actually now compare it and see like how, in, what kind of a trip chance, that is. Yeah. In chance, this thing. Yeah, like there, there, like, like now people should really say how 
amazing director Derek Gilliam really is on, on how good he can actually create a trip mm. inside. Mm. A, a, like we, we have been talking, like people thought about Kaspar Noah and Enter the Void, that how it uh, made a new kind of experience. Mm. And it's also like a hallucinated trip, mm. the movie. But Derek Gilliam still made it already with Pierre Lothing. Mm. Like this thing, did, mm. was it in the 90s? I think the movie was made that it, it it was created and it's so wonderful it's so amazing it's last and, time yeah and and that i and that i started to think by watching inherent white and that i think is quite amazing but i and think big lebowski also is this same exactly yeah. so now we come to big lebowski which is yeah. the, another equal uh, level from from this big sleep and it, that's yeah it's from the philip marlowe yeah story made into american some living <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah big Lebowski. yeah because uh, yeah it sounds like you are describing in an advice yeah, yeah because it is the same yeah and is. that's what i was saying to you yesterday that it's somehow even little bit painfully similar to Big Lebowski in some ways. Like there's so many different things in them, but the main joke or the main absurdity is there that it doesn't matter, which is the big sleep. But Big Lebowski again, it's like a prototype of Big Lebowski where it's parad paradised and it's like made use as a story element. Even it has, you know, that Big Lebowski, it's a Corn Brothers film, so that is a very playful film. You all yeah. the time feel fun. Yeah, it's there when you see. And isn't it amazing? Fun. Isn't it amazing how like? There's no inherent vice in Big Lebowski. No, there's no. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe but... that's the whole joke. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. And and isn't it amazing how people are so challenged by inherent vice and the complexity of it and they're kind of in the level that they are kind of frustrated or they are kind of like that they, they don't like the movie because they don't understand what's happening and it doesn't make sense. But Big Lebowski doesn't make sense either. There's no logic in it. It's also Maltese yeah. Falcon. Yeah, it's yes, the same yeah. thing, mm -hmm. but people don't are not frustrated by it. It's so smoothly told. It's the, the narration and the direction of the, the film in Beklavovsky is a masterpiece, masterpiece. of absurdity. Yeah. That how how much uh, how much entertaining and logic can there be in absurdity? It's this this I think now we come to the point inside or the idiom, the core of the whole thing is that in um, and I have so many things in my head. But if you have you know, this big, big Lebowski, just a minute. Um, so you say that there is no point. Yeah, you have to close the coffee, coffee machine. Yeah. yeah. So if there's no point in big Lebowski, like there is no point. Yeah. But there is a point of not being a point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So uh, and it's marvelously done, and we are kind of bluffed through it. But 
but in the end we get a full package and not bluffed. We are not bluffed, even if we are bluffed. Yeah. That's the great art of it. Yeah. So we go into that. So, but now we come to the core of this uh, inherent vice yeah. and Voltaire's answer is that there is he wants to say, in my my opinion, Voltaire mm -hmm. wants to say that in Philip Marlowe films in the 1940s, mm -hmm. uh, let's say uh, Malcolm Fal Maltese Falcon mm -hmm. or uh, or a big clip or anything of it. So there absolutely is no point. Mm. It it's a it's there are films created of no point. <laughs> and you're yeah. looking at it fascinated and you even read the books. I I've read the books. Yeah. Fascinated. <laughs> uh, so so there's no point. And and that's the art of storytelling. Yeah. That you get into it and you can create from it anything you like. So what we can discuss endlessly about is what they are all really all about. Mm. Because something they are all about, even mm. if there's no sense in it them mm. at all. So this one I think I I have to have some logic into things. So mm. I'm I'm thinking that Paul Thomas Anderson is making comment on society. Yeah about the point of being no point no about really about society yeah. what society is all about yeah. it can be that there's no point in society yeah? <laughs> whatever yeah. but they have those uh, mm. do you think it would be like in the sense of this theory of trilogies of because it like i have a theory i believe in that theory yeah i think it's a nice way of nice thing to think about to learn uh, about but do you stuff. think like in, with the idea of the point of being a society in in her advice and in all the other movies that there is like a com companion movie with master and there will be blind that like to kind of enjoy the movies like inherent vice you should see master and there will be blood and then kind of go into the society uh, no uh, image or is I it like not. very much standalone it's i think this describes 1970s and it stands on it alone yeah it's it, it represents 1970s it's it's like like in the sense that it's not like kieslowski's colors no it's not like that they are kind of companions of each other so this 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 trilogy is not a companion package. It's I think it depends on the reflecting color. on each other. Yeah, it's kind. Of, it's you can see there's a history also, but I think they stand alone. As he, mm. I think he is try driving at standing a film alone. But if I think about colors, uh, there will be blood, master, <laughs> and this uh, inherent vice. They have different colors. <laughs> yeah. uh, the overall, it, I remember that there will be blood as a black film. Yeah, exactly. Okay, let's go through the the colors. Mm. So I was uh, you were describing the the colors, and there will be blood is black because it's oil and it's. I don't know if it's. I don't want to blame it on oil, but probably oil is. Because the, there's the, so much oil. Yeah, like at one I, point, Daniel Day Lewis is covered in black oil. Yeah, yeah, and, but it doesn't matter to me where it comes from. It's the black period. It's 
horribly heavy feeling. But that's perfect. That's uh, that then kind of ties into it the whole theme mm-hmm. of the oil and the capitalism and everything, and the black period. So so there we blood is black. Mm-hmm. And what is a master? How do you see it? I saw it's black. No, no, the master. Master. Um, I'm really bad in colors. Uh, so I'm really happy that you agreed me on the black. But... I I see this pink. <laughs> Why? Uh, why did you see it pink? Because it's so uh, double-faced. Uh, is it like you mean like? There's an inner sexuality in it. You mean a dualism? No, or... a double-faced. It's mm. a cheating on each other. The whole thing. Mm. Society is like cheating on each other. Mm. It's pink. It's pink. It's an interesting color for that. Not because it's like associated with this pinkish, colorful thing, but just as a color. So because human, it's white people mostly, mm. not black. Black would maybe or not agree with this or any other color of the race. Mm. But they, it's a film about white people, ruling yeah. and pink. Yeah. Yeah, the pink color of the skin or something, like yeah, the white. Yeah, yeah like I uh, for and some reason. And the double faceness, I I see. For some <laughs> reason, uh, I don't know if it's my lack of imagination, but for some reason I think about it as gray. But I think it's probably because of the posters and how the film kind of. Also, the low it it has this low saturation. No, it's pink. Yeah, but but like um. I that's why I said that maybe I don't have any imagination enough for these color themes, but like it it felt like this low saturation film, and the the scenes and the color, it, it they did there wasn't strong colors that came out. It, mm. it was kind of muted mm. together, and that's why I kind of feel like it's this crazy. I don't see it as a shocking uh, pink. I see it as a pale pink, as a human flesh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not this pink. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this one, this uh, inherent vice, is blue and uh, green. Blue and green, yes. Blue and green. Yeah. And the neon lights of the end. It's a beautiful color film from like the a... beginning to the end, and then the symbol is black and white television. In which is a paradox. No, it's not a black and white. It was it had color. What's it called? Yeah, I saw it's... black and white. Yeah. I remember it's black and white. No, it was colorful. <laughs> <laughs> I remember in the beginning, Borolin had this grey hippie outfit. Uh, no grey, brown. <laughs> but um, it was like tur- turquoise. Uh, yeah. the, the blue, green. Blue like and this, green. Like, like the neon signs were in mm. turquoise. Uh, color. And the hat played a big part in it, but I don't know yet why. This uh, Joachim Phoenix's straw hat. It, did he had other kind of hats? It only had that straw yeah, hat. Yeah, it only had that. But the funny uh, thing is that in the beginning he changed his hair non-stop. Mm-hmm. Every scene we saw him, it was different hair with those ridiculous... Uh, even uh, even a wig. Curls and a wig and uh, any anything and also the beard changed in the beginning ah, really? and which I I oh. thought that very strange because men don't men are hair they can change but beard they are very strict about 
Yeah. So he changed. He kind of moved into another people. He like flowed from another person into another yeah. nonstop until he became. But the yeah, okay. I'll be then with the big Lebowski. We've gone. Uh, we've gone big. We have gone, gone through big Lebowski. Basic. Then we've gone bit through big Lebowski and this uh, fear and loathing Las Vegas. Yes, uh, and we are all Poloster. Yeah, I wanted to say like I wanted to then just to close it up that. It, this level of fear and loathing because it's like a hybrid of this. It's like big, big, um, fear and loathing acting like Big Lebowski doing a parody of Big Sleep. You yeah. know, it's like this hybrid of, of these elements that it uses because it, the character is like Hunter S. Thompson uh, playing the dude from Big Lebowski. Mm. It's I like see this... it also as a loan. Yeah. He's yeah. Alone. Yeah, and it's like a similar way of like just kind of going through the stuff and kind of just being in space, you know, like in the space in the in the moment and and and, and in his like like in the end the, in the end when he's just sitting there and smoking, it's like Pikovsky. It's like a symbol of a person alone, person alone going in this his own surrounding in his own society going 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 all yeah. around and experiencing things it's a symbol of society yes and i think like like i think there's so much about like the society thing that like again makes me think more and more about hunter s thompson and his his life work and his character and he, the real person and what kind of a character he is in real life was he was an outsider going through these things. And he was like the filter of society who put his this this because reflection in his journalist. writing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. But it's like fits so well mm. in, in that in that society theme mm. and in this this inherent vice. The, but the, you know the thing. I had this uh, in in the film when I saw him yesterday, I mean <laughs> I saw a uh, uh, Hunter S. Thompson yesterday in this film. So when I saw him and I saw Benicio del Toro and I suddenly I see this Joaquin um, Phoenix. So suddenly I realized that I'm in another film. I'm looking at Hunter S. Thompson in, in the in this uh, Fear and Loathing Las Vegas and I thought, blah, I've seen that film. I don't want to see it again now. Yeah. I want to see this. So I thought, blah. Now afterwards, I I realized that it had an important part of it, but uh, I didn't enjoy it so much. Uh huh. Okay, that's so your your critic kind of of it. That... I enjoyed the film of Fear and Loathing Las Vegas is is my enjoyable film. Yeah. But in this, I thought, blah, I've seen it. Yeah. But of course, it was funny. That was a joke for me. People laugh at many things there which I mm. didn't laugh. But that was when I saw Benicio del Toro, I saw. <laughs> yeah, I started laughing just because we seen this moment. Yeah, we seen this moment. We see like we we knew how to react to yeah. it. Like, but, I think he knew it also. Like mm. this is now we are playing under a Thompson. Yeah. Now we are in yeah. fear. So they must have so, laughed when they filmed it. Yeah. It. But then then we come to Big Lebowski with his carpet and everything. So yeah. we. <laughs> so. So uh, we have gone through that, and now in Poloster. Yes. So okay. now, now we are hovering on top of this uh, holy trinity of hybrids, hybrids, mm. which is the Poloster element. Mm. And can you explain it? Like, 
No, I only know about Paul Oster. I, I admire him enormously, enormously. I mm. read all his books and I enjoy them. I love them. I love them. And, and his films too. Uh, so what I know about Paul Oster is that I agree with his idea of coincidences. That yeah. life is coincidences. Yeah. And uh, and uh, about uh, this was all over this film, like. Yeah. So like, I I kind of started to think a lot about the New York trilogy of Paul Oster, and that he there's this weird similarity with this detective theme, where this detective goes on to this journey and he goes through this this coincidence, and somehow they always or there starts to appear this weird pattern between them that somehow he's every, everywhere he goes or he picks up a phone or something or like, you know, or he, he has this new guy in his office, like the black guy, the Kahir, Kahil, Kahil, Kalir. Kahil. Kahil. He was Kahil. It was a nice name. That name I like. Yeah. That was, I think, the most Yeah, I paid attention that it was not Kahil, it was Kahil. Khalil. Khalil. <laughs> well, how is it? Khalil. Khalil. It's in Ibanezite in Arabic. Ah, yeah. Khalil, but he said Khalil. Yeah. Because he's American. But yeah. his real name is Khalil. Khalil. Khalil See? with two L's. And he was the one who talked about uh, Wolfman. I love so, that part. Yeah, that's the thing that's It's a joke. It's full of, of fun also. Yeah, so um, he, like these kind of characters, they, they just end up in his path and they create this, this absurd pattern of coincidence that has some kind of meaning somehow. And that's, that's really what I was reading in Paul Oster. And in, in, his, in his writing, in usual, I, if I read Paul Oster, I, there's always this mystic coincidence of life it's that... not mystic it's uh, the basic of life it's yeah yeah, coincidence. yeah but it feels mystic it feels it's, magical it's it so feels... brutal when you, the life is com composed of coincidences and not by god yeah yeah and that that's so like it's weird that it fits so well again that it makes me think so much of that and it's like this that kind of ties it in it kind of gives it structure of mm. that but it's a hovering element. It's not like it's not it's not um, a prototype of it, or it's not like it's not the basic structure. So maybe that's the that's the purpose of uh, Raymond Chandler also with mm. this Philip Marlowe. It's all could these coincidences and, and and could be like what you said that that's the brilliance of storytelling and that there's no point, but there's some kind of point. Mm. And the Big Lebowski, because Big Lebowski is again also Paul Oster type of a thing. And Andreas Thompson tries to see that pattern mm. in Fear Loathing. He tries to make sense of it. He's just so intense. He's an immensely he yeah, intense he, person he, he that you can't really relax lose. at all. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it was kind of like, and Doc in Inherent Vice kind of observes it. He mm. cannot do anything about it. Mm. Like he, like he, he, he just, he's kind of at awe. Mm. Like when when Broly eats the grass, mm. he's just crying because he doesn't understand, mm. and he's so confused, and he's just seeing something, and he's all the time like that's the greatest joke for me is this thing. This is so weird, 
yeah. that this is happening now. He doesn't. Wh- how is it possible that this is happening? I often wondered also by with Algano other things I wondered was this that he went all around and how did he have the energy to go around because he was smoking grass at home all the time mm. and that's his life and no uh, they give him uh, tasks to tell this person that and take this person there and do and he goes and does those things without mm. any money any commission any, yeah. anything so where does he get the energy Yeah. He went in immensely all around and put his life in danger, and he got hit, and he got everything. Yeah, he you was remember? with the Nazi guy. He was. Yeah, so now, oh now we come to the point where what what I noticed in this film mm-hmm. immediately is that it went all around, hovering, 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 coincidences, and he's doing all those things. And mm-hmm. then this woman came with naked and was a disaster which was like shaisei all together <laughs> and they had the sex and everything i didn't interest at all with that Me it was either. stupid of all and he got a horrible woman anyway yeah, so really so explained. after that the film got into another level it got into yeah. space it space it got mm. space action got action but um Completely different. In the beginning, mm. it went all, and I thought that this is the film. He goes all around like Philip Marlowe, and the the teller tells what to tell, and ho 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 everything. And I thought this is it. And suddenly yeah. it was not. It came into another action. It start again. The yeah. film start again. It couldn't have started from. He was so clever, this Paul Anderson. Mm. He. Couldn't have started it there, the original film. He had to make the first part first, and then it started. Uh, and suddenly everything was exciting and action and mm. different. It was not anymore Philip Marlowe at all. Mm. Yeah. There were parts of it of Chinatown. I suddenly start to notice and everything. There was these intense moments, like the the, the escaping, the the, the Nazi. The, the, the Nazi man mm-hmm. got him. Uh, The Aryan man. He was an Arya, Aryan. Aryan. Uh, so. What they? What Hindu sign? Hindu <laughs> sign of peace. But it's not Hindu. It's Tibetan. No, it is a Hindu. In, in ah, India, we saw it, and it's all over Asia. Okay, it's, so it's just called also, Indian, but it's all yeah. over Asia. So anyway, so he got him uh, tied up into this horrible yeah. pipe and start to make yeah. horrible things and to the, him. The movie suddenly was really intense. Yeah. And people were kind of shocked. Yeah. And they were like. This is in this moment, and this yeah. is like not fun anymore. And it's like no, yeah. just like in Gone Girl, it suddenly makes this intense, and it shocks you. Like mm. when he kills this Neil Patrick, uh, what Neil Patrick uh, Harris? Har- yeah, yeah. Like so he kills him in all blood in the in the Harry. red. <laughs> so, so that that's a shocking thing I remember from that film. But anyway, yeah. and yeah. So um, anyway, so. I couldn't believe that in that film we suddenly see Joaquin uh, uh, Phoenix with a gun in a horrible, strained face. Yeah. It was all them relaxed and so on. So suddenly he's all, all and hanging mm. his handcuffs and in the staircase mm. and killing. Mm. And then he was shouting, "Did I kill you?" Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he was not used to Easy kill. Joke. But he had a gun. He had a gun. 
Yeah, or was it the Nazis gun? I don't yeah, really now we don't know. I was thinking this is about America it. I was thinking about it in the moment that now he got the gun, and I was really thinking like, where did he got that gun? I don't mm. really understand. Mm. Like, he didn't show it in the yeah. whole time. Maybe he got it from the Nazi. Because otherwise he would kill the Nazi with the gun. See? Yeah, but he was hitting this Nazi. Yeah, exactly. I was so why so afraid. He... That he can't win him because the Nazi was really big and strong yeah. and everything. But then he killed this um, this um, guy he shouldn't have killed, in fact. He was talking to him very nicely before that. Yeah, but he was uh, an assassin also. He wasn't. He was not that coy. Coy was this uh, this uh, Owen Wilson. Yeah. Whom he saved in the end. He was the soft Nale. Nale, <laughs> it was the teddy bear, this kind of a teddy bear woman. I, I, but yeah. in the beginning of the film, you couldn't see who is who. Mm -hmm. But in the end, it started to clear up mm -hmm. who is who. All the rubbish yeah. went there and there, and the, and the teddy bear was safe. It settles, like in the Owen end. Owen Wilson. Yeah, in the end, you have like some kind of conclusion of re resolution of a character. And he went the tippy tippy tip tiptoes into this. Um, uh, Asylum, mm. where the mad people are, and he found this guy he was originally looking for, Mickey Wolfman. Yeah. <laughs> and the way he looked at it for him in the, he only saw like this. He mm. was afraid of the the people guards there. It was a strange moment. Yeah. When he met that man and he asked him the question. I liked it. It was, yeah, it was a gnome. It was a kabouter. Yeah, kabouter? Yeah, it was, it was like coming gnome. out like, hello. Yeah, and very, <laughs> yeah, that was, and the beautiful man, he was this uh, Mickey Wolf man. Yeah, was a beautiful, was yeah. beautiful man. Really and nice. they show only his face. Yeah. The whole screen was his face. Yeah. No fault in it. Yeah. Beautiful, really and beautiful like, old man. Yeah, and he told him the answers, but there's no point. We can't even tell the questions and answers now. I think there's it was no point extremely it. simple. Like, mm. like it was again about the society, and it was yeah. like, like I don't want to guess what it could be, but yeah. I, when I was watching yeah. it, I wasn't challenged. I thought like mm. this ties in, and this is really. Like it's like so weirdly into the point of the whole so red you... line of of the movie that that it doesn't try to make it more absurd for you. No. I think it was really clear. Of, yeah, that... very cleverly filmed. Uh, when you can you imagine yourself if Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix had or this dog had been equal on the same uh, level with him and sitting with the chair beside him and mm. talking equally. Um, and instead of being yeah. there behind the step and like a gnome yeah. to ask him, he made a completely different Jannite. Uh, what is a In, uh, tension? Tension. Yeah. The tension was there. Yeah, and it was so and weird. And like... we could see the old man from the band, yeah. from the point of view of a dog. Yeah. And, and beautiful face from under but not equal yeah and this is like was really an example of setting up a, a, a scene symbolically 
that yeah. that you no, you I have don't. a meaning of why he's yeah. there and, he's... and because he had to come there and because of this action that he had to be intensive and he... hiding he you created this, this symbolism between them and it's so yeah it and came clear. to and it so logically it came to it that he was tiptoeing through the end and he yeah. won't show himself so what it could be probably is that the rich man on American society, an incredibly rich man, a beautiful groomed, everything yeah. is there up, and yeah. you are the n normal dog yeah. there uh, is down. Yeah, this is the symbol of American society made very clever. Yeah, and 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 the thing of what he's saying that I was having a nightmare, a hippie nightmare, where I thought that I have to give away my money and that my friends fixed me mm. because I shouldn't and there was the FBI mm. there and it was this whole, it was it felt like a conspiracy, yeah. the whole movie was full of conspiracy mm. that there's something behind and I think that it's yeah like the inherent vices in the society of the, the controlling uh, authority or the, the, the the real estate, the, yeah. the whole system of it is in kind yeah. of in there, which is very simple yeah. <laughs> whole, idea yeah. of it, but it feels like there it kind of begins mm. the, the, the idea. Then he said, then he said about this, he asked, he, Doc asked about Shasta, mm. where's this, where's this Shasta now? He said, yeah, Shasta, mm. he didn't know and he didn't care, he says like, Shasta, Shasta. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, there was something that, weird yeah. about it. He was like contemplating on it that Sasta, like he remembered it and everything, mm -hmm. and 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 with Sasta there was this mansion thing and like uh, that that is kind of uh, another thing. But it was also like, a comment on society when when afterwards he found Sasta mm -hmm. and Doc found Sasta and they were in his home. And uh, he was sitting on his sofa again. A lot of time was in this sofa, mm -hmm. and blue and green. So suddenly Sasta comes naked yeah. into the room, and and Doc is amazed mm -hmm. on this skinny, ugly woman <laughs> with no breasts, no nothing. He's so stupid looking. He's not sexy at all. He's kind of a hippie girl, a hippie girl who in, in those times they. They showed this necklace and mm. remember, and with the Aryan hat in there later. Mm. So it was kind of a strange that in that time a man could be enticed with a woman with no sexy at all, and I think of her as the most sexy thing in the world. And she was like making him uh, excited and sexy in silly ways, not stupid. Yeah, Sitting, it's also weird, like, yeah. It showed the yeah. society of hippie time, on the, it also showed that. Yeah. And, yeah, that was, I think it was for that, that uh, thing done. Yeah. Because it was not at all for nowadays people. Yeah, no, the whole ugliness also of the, of the scene, or of the, the thing was like, bringing the mansion thing into it, that, that, of, that he, she was describing that, this this mansion you mean charles mansion yeah this kind of like because she was yeah kind of it used was ugly in the same thing. way that mm. that she kind of brought that the the 
the ugliness from that in the that moment and i was just kind of that that the inherent vice of that mm. you know of that that hippie 70s hippie mansion thing and that of, of the society that and that i couldn't really feel sexy of yeah. it or something and yeah. but he was... doctor did sexy yeah, see, he was like... His eyes, you saw his eyes when he saw the woman first naked, and mm -hmm. we didn't see the woman naked. He yeah. saw. He was amazed. Yeah. I was crazy. Yeah, <laughs> but but no. I didn't hate it. Like, I, I it was a, the only moment in the film that I didn't like. Mm. But I, I was conscious of it, and then I thought, like, sometimes not every scene is meant to be, like, of course. Yeah, and I was thinking, like, I was observing it in a way of that, that, what can I get out of it, and what does it mean, or what does it mean that I feel bad of mm. it? Yeah, and I was yeah. like, ex it had a purpose. Yeah, and it was, like, nice to kind of examine that feeling, and that, that, it's, it's kind of a similar thing of, like, what I've been thinking lately about anti-heroes and anti- like this kind of movies where the hero or the protagonist or the the the, 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 the movie is like following a story that is not supposed to be liked you know like mm -hmm. a nightcrawler also a movie like that where you are yeah, actually one of the main point of it is kind of the, the feeling of that you are seeing a person that you don't like but you are forced to look it from his point of view mm. you know and many people dislike the movie because of this Mm. So it's an app like this. They go into a trap. Yeah, and, and they, they, they cannot, they cannot, they want to like a movie. Mm. They cannot not like a movie mm. and like it. And, mm. and that's a very interesting thing about it. And that moment for me was like that, that feeling. And the, for me, in the end, when it was Paul Thomas Anderson was careful to show the woman's face when it happened. Mm. And in the end, when she was lying down on the mm. face in the and careful to show her face and her her eyes and mouth and everything the way it came, it was ugly, disgusting the way she felt. For me, yeah, she was not a nice person. Also, her name is not nice because of that. Yeah, disaster. But um. Uh... What else did I want to say? Because I don't, I don't want to think about that thing anymore. <laughs> it is a, a part of the film which entices you, even if you don't like it, yeah. you get into it. I, what I wanted to say is that, like, um, that we haven't even gone into technical things about the, the, the way it was filmed, but, like, I wanted to say something about the scenes and the, the way that I felt like there's this similarity with Wolf of Wall Street in the sense that Wolf of Wall Street is very much made out of scenes. The whole movie is like this scene is a bubble and this and every scene is con perfectly con choreographed. You know, they are like these masterpieces by themselves. Mm. And the, the, the main overview of the movie is like constructed out of these small scenes that kind of kind of tangled together mm. in a way there's it's not like it's not, string. it's not like Teres Malik makes one huge scene mm. of a movie it's mm. like everything is all the time blending yeah he's, he's involved with water yeah and mm. fire 
and 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 but sources made Wolf of Wall Street into these small things. And and with this, I felt like that every scene was like this holy moment, kind of. That every scene, like because of the the camera zooming into the the character mm-hmm. and into the dialogue and into the moment, and that it was like you're kind of like focused more if the scene becomes sharper and sharper without having any point of it yeah. and just like with the and I, I I saw it the first time with Owen Wilson the first time we see him uh, on the docks or something and we heard first time we hear about Colin Fang I have this feeling that that um, that every time like there's this moment in the film where you feel like a change mm. happens somehow some like something it's like a certain checkpoint of or uh, uh, act is completed somehow and and something else starts mm. like that golden fang moment was for me really amazing moment weirdly that that when I he came to that place where the chinese woman was yes the chinese woman like tiptoed him into the mist and then chip 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 went away and then owen wilson came and then before that she said beware of the golden fang and it was the first time we hear about golden <laughs> fang and she says beware of the golden fang and then we see owen wilson and it's a really stupid moment and it's a really stupid scene and stupid characters like i didn't really care about owen yeah, wilson no, and yeah, all, all this stuff had the part in it yes mm-hmm. but you are kind of tracked into it without knowing really why and understanding it and then the moment when they started to say like what was there did you see that mm. it's like oh what was it and then it's like maybe i don't even want to know what it was mm. it's like oh and they just look at the mist for a while mm. there's nothing there it's mm. this gray mist and we just see the back of of phoenix head and there's something so magical about that moment that was one of my favorite moments the mist when he's looking at the mist and that he said that that they, they saw a glimpse of something, which mm. is the golden fang. Apparently, the ship, the, 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 the board, after he says that it, it was a ship, it was a, a uh, boat. Yeah. Mm. And that he says that that, he's, he, that he saw something on the docks. And then he said that, I don't even want to know what it is. Which for me was another point of the movie and mm. the society and everything that you kind of want to let it be like the mansion thing you don't mm. want to get into it mm. because it's so absurd and complex or, and or you don't want to get into the what is maltese falcon what yeah. is this falcon in fact it's a <laughs> yeah the golden time what is know. it yeah, yeah. Or, or the suitcase in pulp fiction the mm. mcguffin you know the mysterious mm. you never see it it's the the question mark Mm-hmm. The mystery, mm-hmm. the un unlogic, the absurdity of it, the mm-hmm. the unplottiness mm-hmm. of everything. What is that that ties everything together? The golden fang, and after that, it it felt like a moment when some kind of realization is happening, or something. You know, some kind of checkpoint is achieved. Something an act is complete somehow, but it's somehow not. And I don't know what changed after that, but something changed, and but it was just a moment. Yeah, and this changed. kind of, and I felt like almost every scene was like this. Yeah, every moment was yeah. like some kind and of every, realization of something. This Paul Thomas Anderson made us fully. All of us were sold 
which we sat the whole full theater, we were showed in the beginning when the woman came, when he went to the Chinese parlor, the sex mm -hmm. parlor, and finally everybody laughed and so on, except me. So, <laughs> yeah, so uh, we were showed that, okay, Golden Fang is a Chinese thing. Because we saw the Chinese woman, <laughs> so he put it only on our heads with the Chinese woman, and we yeah. believed it. Yeah, that's it. And then later it became a ship. It, it was not in the beginning a ship. It came a ship. Okay, we believe it's a ship, which is a crazy thing. It's like a pirates in the old times or something, which is unbelievable. In fact, if you think about it, mm. but we believed it. There it is, and in the end, even they towed it to the shore. Yeah, that was I, her, I love that moment. That alone. I, I thought it was such a beautifully choreographed moment of the ship pulling, and then they are walking Benedi next to the Benedi palm trees. Benet uh, del Toro, yeah. and the uh, dock is up walking and talking about it. I love how they walk. Yeah, that was a beautiful moment. And then later, uh, First it was Chinese woman, then it was the uh, ship, and then later he got into that house where, where had nothing been before, where she ran, disaster ran in the rain, there was an open space, mm -hmm. and later when he came to it years after, mm -hmm. it became a bab Babylon tower mm -hmm. of a penis kind, and it was a house with a kind of a thing which I thought about, it's a kind of uh, hall of a hotel like in uh, Shining. Also yeah. upstairs was for me like Shining. Yeah. It's, it was uh, Vita's yeah. reference. reference to Shining of Kubrick. But, but uh, then when he went into that house, it was the house of thieves. Fang. When you saw the tower, yeah. it was round, round, round yeah, and in the top. Fang. There was a fan. It was a tooth, yeah, tooth, fang. but an animal tooth, yeah. kind of golden, yeah. golden and fan. <laughs> so he went into it. <laughs> How did he build that house? Where did he find it somewhere? I bet, you know, I bet it was a computer generated. I ah, was okay. thinking when I was thinking, I said, "This is this cannot be here existing real life. That building doesn't exist, and they just shot the interior somewhere else." Ah. So, I am rather bluffed and you go in and there was this horrible uh, leader which I was first of all very serious and I believed in him and he, I wanted him to continue talking serious but no. He bluffed it and he started to laugh and go and, and behind him there were teeth on the shelf. So golden fang it was the dentist business and mm -hmm. suddenly we believed that. Mm. We believe anything yeah. in society. It comes into the whole gone girl and media also, yeah. right? Yeah. How you manipulate kind of with the story. So he was supposed to be, the, and there was a big room of dentists mm. and it were all from heroin addicts, uh, teeth about and everything. And But it was not at all a realistic, realistic uh, uh, dentistry. Because they, he put cocaine on the table and they always nodding cocaine. It's like a hotel, like a business. Know. Yeah, business. Like, stupid Golden fan. Yeah, stupid thing. Yeah. Yeah, and, and we like, can we talk about one thing, like that I've been dying to say, and which I've been trying not to say yesterday because I like okay, I, I have to keep it for now, and which is that 
the humor in the movie with like something for me to say and to think about is that I think that's maybe one of my biggest problems with the movie is the humor in it and I've been, I was observing and thinking about it when I was watching the movie and like the good things about the humor which I don't really criticize like I let it be what it is I don't want it to be my I don't want this to be a comedy that I like to see I like it the way it is I like that because I if I see a comedy, I know what kind of comedy I like, what kind of humor I like, and I really laugh naturally. I'm like, huh. And that I don't want this to be that kind. Like, I don't want this to be a Mel Brooks screwball, you know, like mm. Robin Hood, Men in Tights. You know, I don't want it to be that kind of comedy or something, or uh, Hot Fuzz or something like that. It's really fun. Like, it's really fine to be like this. But. And and I like that it like what we said yesterday is that people seem to laugh at totally different points, which was sort of really nice to see that it was maybe the best thing that we saw it with the audience, that people really uh, we could see kind of the reaction of the people and that you some suddenly one person was laughing at something that nobody else thought was funny and I that joke. there is no joke in it uh, yeah, and then i was the like end. nobody laughed when when owen wilson remember the hippie party when owen wilson was and they they took a photograph of him that they saw the evidence that he's alive and and then uh you left and then and then he's coming to the table like everybody comes to eat pizza <laughs> on the table and the hippie hippies come to the table and we just see a glimpse of it mm. i love it that we see a glimpse mm. of it and just that because of that glimpse of that setting i laughed because yeah, you laugh. it's leonardo da vinci's last supper, last supper that yeah. they took it and i loved it that it was hippies with the pizza yeah and it was a glimpse and nobody laughed i i thought it's amazing i, I was so was, amazed that i did not react i did was like yeah, funniest moment. Yeah, it was funny. Later really also, fun. they, they showed it again as a picture. Yeah, and it was for again. second. Yeah, it was again the last supper. It was perfect. Sure. And did you <laughs> notice that summer. when he went out of that uh, asylum yeah. or into the asylum, there were two white characters like Jesus, uh, work walking in yeah. front of the door yeah. suddenly <laughs> by. I loved, I loved it. I loved it also. It was so it, funny. And it yeah. was on mental asylum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it was like a cold and uh, and and I loved like the, the like the doc like the mental asylum and the doc like the, they showed the movies and they're like showing twenty four hour of the same guy and the same actor movies about which are about uh, American uh, anti communistic American movies. Yeah, I don't know. It was really funny, and then the thing that he said that um, that it's not uh, Nazi Nazis mark on the Nazi yeah, guy's it's face. I'm... It's a Hindu mark, of and it says it positivity. Yeah, and <laughs> good good fortune and all this stuff. It is true. It was really funny, but it's this. But the man looked Nazi. Yeah, he looked like Nazi. Yeah, again, he looked we, peaceful. Again, we are associated with. Like yeah. we believe that okay he's a Nazi but yeah. maybe he's really a Hindu side. But it proved that he was not. You start to kill this yeah. uh, dog like crazy. <laughs> and he belonged into Aryan. A motorcycle yeah. Aryan 
which, clubs and which stuff. Mickey Wolfman was uh, involved with. Mm. He was with them all the time. Yeah, yeah, that was weird. <laughs> like, I, I would love to go more and more into exploring the plot I, details. I had a feeling. Like... Yeah, exactly. And, no, I liked very much that Paul Thomas Anderson has made his own idea of society, what society is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, look, it's so, we can be thankful for it. Yeah, like, um, do, by the way, do you think that, like, um, I was, th that we, we give a lot of uh, this honor for Pinchon, Pinchon, to, yeah, by talking um, about Paul Auster, when it's actually his novel and his style also, apparently, to do this Thomas kind of, Pynchon, yeah. Yeah. We so, don't know him enough. Yeah, you know, we don't know anything about Pynchon, so Not I cannot much. say about him. I, I know Paul Auster. Pynchon is, an, all that I know, it's a, what I've read about him, I understand that he's an enormously intelligent person. Very yeah. complicated and enormously. So I don't wonder that Paul Thomas Anderson has taken yeah, it's a complicated and, yeah, uh, thing which keeps the lines in yeah. his hands. <laughs> yeah, he has all the lines in his hands. He can make the most complicated carpets because he knows well the... You talk about Paul Thomas Anderson. No, no, Pynchon. Yeah, Pynchon, me yeah. too. I also talk about Pynchon. So, but like, before I continue with the humor, because I want to say something about it, be waiting all about two hours ah, now to say something about the humor. I thought you... But um, yeah. I wanted to say that like, in, in that sense, like, I don't think that it's totally pointless, uh, the plot, not to uh, analyze it or to think about it. Like, that, um, like, in the same way, like, if, if, if just because it's challenging, like, choice or Proust, mm, Proust, Proust, that we who intentionally make really complex stories that you are really hard to follow, I think not. I think it's easy, like so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's like um, they are they are known uh, in art culture as being uh, complicated. As difficult, yeah. Yeah, and that you, it's hard to follow. Yeah. Just like this is now. It's yeah, hard yeah. to follow. So, but those books, it's like it's interesting to go into it and to think about it if you have the energy to to observe it, like to to try to make sense out of like what what is the connection of the characters and what happens behind it like choice has endless uh, like apparently endless like um, material to go into for people to think about it more and more and i think like i when i was watching it advice is that i could see this movie endlessly and think about more and more and more of this details of the movie. I loved every detail of the yeah. movie. I loved when, like you said, that he was grabbing the branches yeah. and throwing oh. them car. Oh. I loved this moment that... Yeah. that And the heroine all fooled the car with package of heroin, <laughs> which he should have been in all reason. Crazy, ab uh, upset. <laughs> upset that it's coming here. It was really And so cool he took the branches <laughs> and... And I love that. He was that, angry about something else. That mulch which he was spreading from the roots. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that and was a good moment. You know what moment. was another nice deal that I, I loved? I was totally like filling my heart with. 
is the mental asylum name is is these two lines and then the name goes like like it has it, it's like it, it's the name on top of the building and then the line I'm trying to describe it to the audience. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's straight, and then in the middle it goes into an arc, yeah, like an upper wave. arc, and the and the, the text align with an arc. Mm. And I was thinking that in that moment that, like, how my my mind started to work when I was watching is I was started to think, why is it that all the mental or this kind of camps, they have the name like that, like in Batman comics or the, there's the Arkham Asylum mm. uh, not uh, straight it's not straight it's an arc also mm. the it's Arkham Asylum the mind. and then uh, if I if I remember or know that uh, that Auschwitz also has that yes in the in the beginning mm. Why? Why? yeah there's something I was so I was thinking that that's that's really interesting why that text has to it go to an art and I love that it was in the film like I, I even I, I started to think that is there some kind of Kubrick element in Paul Thomas Anders that it had to have it, an art he has a Kubrick element yeah there is something like but there's definitely something and not only something <laughs> the more often uh, he's a new Kubrick I mean we can be happy that there's somebody like that and Phoenix is born to be uh, instead of Philip Seymour Hoffman, who who had the talent, yeah. And so now we have him, but mm. like yeah. Okay. So so. So the funny. So so the funny like I um, which comes into the acting also, like. Just I shit. Just I shit. <laughs> 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 People seem to like her the best. It's like she's the great actress of the movie. It's blah. <laughs> I didn't think that much. Joaquin of her. Phoenix is the best. Joaquin Phoenix. What did you like about Brolin? Oh, great. I loved him. Yeah, he was Ooh, great. He was perfect in his thing. He was a match for Joaquin Phoenix, which needed a match. Yeah, they were really Benicio good. Benicio Del also yeah. helped him, but uh, this was a match. What about Renee Witherspoon? No. This I don't understand in the whole film, but then I have to see it again, and I it's wrong for me to talk before two weeks have passed. Mm. Then the same thing has said to me, but now it hasn't said. So Reese with a spoon. Yeah, I didn't. Think it was that obviously much. all the flame of his of old love. Mm. See, a kind of a woman who is uh, correct in society with mm. correct he obviously had been hippie before mm. and hair up everything good now but so what yeah and i think like what was the purpose of it? but what was the purpose of most of it <laughs> yeah but then like then we are again we get what about the funny yeah it's really hard to get into it but like which kind of goes into it that i think okay so um the the humor of the movie uh sometimes i laughed and sometimes i didn't like i was like this is a funny moment and i really laughed and then i was like this is like pretentious joke this is stupid joke and this is like like obvious joke and this is like kind yeah, of yeah. set up joke That's how that I it doesn't too. pay off yeah like and i was starting to think that why what is like the what, what am i laughing at and what I'm not laughing at, and I 
started to kind of observe that I'm laughing at Joaquin Phoenix. I'm not laughing at Paul Thomas Anderson. I, I think that problem of me is like, if this movie would have made without Joaquin Phoenix, and just with Paul Thomas Anderson uh, and his setup jokes, I think we wouldn't. I wouldn't la- have laughed at all. I would have thought, I don't. But how can Paul Thomas Anderson make a film without people? I feel like he made that with Adam Sandler in Punch Drunk Love. And this, I, I have seen it, but I don't remember. And it. and this is his example of a comedy, like because he makes really heavy drama movies that are serious, yeah, and there is not drama. really laughing in them, not really uh, jokes in them. And Bandstrang Glove was like his comedy. And I remember watching it and I don't get it. I don't get Bunch. Yeah. I, I don't get it either. I, I I really I'm not I'm not in the same level with him with yeah. the jokes. Yeah. I think it was an interesting movie visually and the atmosphere in it. Yeah. The experimentation of how the movie is, is made. Yeah. But the humor I don't get it. I don't I'm not laughing. It's not not for me and and <laughs> and what you said about that like like he made a movie without acting I I feel like that with Adam Sandler in it I feel like he's not in it like I don't I'm not laughing at him like that that's like and that's how I feel like in this movie it's like every time I laughed it was when Joaquin Phoenix is acting and making it funny you know like mm-hmm. he makes things so funny by his his character and his acting and that and that, that that the situation just becomes really funny because of the characters and how and 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 especially phoenix and that's funny and but then when when Paul Thomas anderson sets up a joke you know like <laughs> the, with the script yeah. or with the scene that how he directs it and he's setting it up that ah here's a joke and then he creates the joke yeah like i, I don't think it's funny i think it's really stupid or yeah. really yeah. like okay yeah. that was yeah, easy it's not worth the... you know like mm. i really like i think in my opinion he doesn't know how to make comedy i don't i don't in my opinion Thomas anderson only knows how to make drama but he but knows he to make comedy without making comedy no i think phoenix phoenix made the comedy me, phoenix knows how to make things so funny is it dependent on those yeah actors? yeah and and he shouldn't direct any comedy like he should just let the actors act the comedy and he shouldn't really set up anything mm-hmm. he shouldn't like like he's I think his influence on how to direct the he's scene. He's talented he, to make. Uh, I yeah I I I'm not social comments. I I'm not following with him in jokes and that um. And for like a good and another good example of like the how it really fails like with casting also is that golden tank scene in the building. It was so stupid in my opinion. The I don't really I I when like <laughs> when when the act, actor the mm. the cocaine cocaine sniffing guy mm. came I was thinking Eric Idol but it's not Eric Idol <laughs> but mm. now I cannot think any other name than Eric Idol it's the American comedy who I liked in Free Amigos mm. the great John Landis film 
that that oh, he was so fantastic in it. But whenever I see him nowadays in films, he's really not funny. He's I think it's very sad seeing him in films mm, nowadays. It's sad. I when I and in this film, like I just felt so sad. Yeah. I wasn't laughing. I was like, yeah. please don't come into this movie. Just leave and not don't be part but of it, this. But he film. was a character like that. I, no, it was be. no. I think it was the act, like the actor just. Uh, the actor didn't act well. No, like he didn't know how to make it funny. He, mm. he didn't know. Was he supposed to be funny? He was supposed to be funny. How do you know? Because everybody was laughing. <laughs> it was like but a that's joke. That's how we know. Well, of oh. course not, but it's obvious that it was meant to be funny. Oh. Like. The 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 it was like the, I I was feeling like this is now supposed to be the American Hustle Wolf of Wall Street crazy moment when we are sniffing cocaine and we are going crazy. Uh, yeah, I and didn't think it's funny at all, but I thought it's part of the film. Yeah, because we were bluffed to Gordon fans. Yeah, that that's how it also, actually it works. Not, not funny to go into that room full of uh, dentist people fixing their teeth. Yeah. In a rose. I don't know if that was that supposed to be funny. Probably it was supposed to be funny that oh they are all in rows in the same room instead of one. Not funny at all. Yeah, I don't know. Like that's the problem with me that in some ways that I don't know. We what... don't have to care. Yeah, like I don't know. I don't care about what is supposed to be funny or not. Oh. Like people laugh. You know, like we saw people laugh at different points whenever they mm. like it. And I laughed whenever I saw like a very nice intelligent joke um, that was very nicely constructed with the Jesus. That was a good joke from him. That that was like I liked. Um, and when Phoenix was acting, but when when I think... oh, and Wilson is funny when you just see him. <laughs> yeah, he's funny. <laughs> he's funny looking. I think. And like... his voice. Yeah, he's and he's himself he's in some ways, but he can be like in this movie he was serious, but somehow very sympathetic. Yeah, funny. Mm. He kind of... was a success. Yeah, he was good. And and that um, but when the movie tries to make a joke. I really, with, yeah. It doesn't matter. I, I didn't I, like it. I go. But 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 that that that's my that's my point. Like my that my of my trouble is that. I, I don't like thinking about this movie. I I don't like to think about it as a comedy. Like why should? <laughs> I think it's a great because, statement on society. Yeah, like because but it's because people put it. The comedy. It's put... real Thomas Anderson's, but it's my critique of the film. I okay. think this is the negative part of the film. It's the humor. It's the comedy of it. I don't think it works as a comedy. I don't know. I, like for me, it didn't work as a comedy. I didn't. I didn't go there to be entertained and to be laughed all the time. And but why should we expect something? We don't expect anything. No, no. But I didn't expect that from it. I, I that was to see art. Yeah, right? but that was my conclusion of how I saw it. Was that this is supposed to be funny, mm. but it's not. And I, Paul Thomas Anderson doesn't know how to make. Comedy. I see your point. Yeah. So I I enjoyed these uh, layers of uh, references to all kinds of films. I enjoyed that enormously. Yeah. That was enormously. really good. And one thing I have to say here, which I said already yesterday, because I have to say it, 
mm-hmm. is that the reference to Chinatown, Roman plant. Yeah. Because uh, in the end, when they moved the marijuana, uh, no, no, the heroin packages <laughs> from the car to car, and the woman and the girl were standing from behind. It was two women, but it looked like a mother and a daughter. So mm-hmm. I, I remembered immediately the end scene of uh, Chinatown, of the, <coughs> of the book woman, the mother and the daughter, mm. even if it was a um, different uh, tension. But it was actively filmed from behind, so you could see the girl as a girl. It was a small girl and a woman. From the front there were two women mm. afterwards. But that, I think, was a reference to 1970s and Roman Bond, mm. Chinatown. Yeah. It's wonderful. Mm. I felt great. But then, in the end, I want to say about the end because all this film—it was an enormously long film—and yeah. surprise after surprise is happening. And it it started with the scene from two between two houses and the sea, like California to the sea, that you see the sea, mm-hmm. the sea. Mm-hmm. so in the end you see the same sea, you mm-hmm. see the sea, that's what I think when we are supposed to uh, ourselves to see, to see, mm-hmm. what to see, so I think it was wonderful ending, I was all done wondering, and it was so long, that how is it going to end? And he ended it perfectly, because uh, I liked the symmetry. He said it wasn't the end image, him driving the car, and there was this light in his eyes. Yeah, that was the, with the woman, of course. Yeah. But I see the ending was connected to symmetry, from yeah. the sea, the sea, and after that, he couldn't end it exactly to the same point, he mm. ended to the eye light, to see the light, mm-hmm. with another woman, not this Shasta, she's <laughs> wonderful. Wasn't Doc, it Shasta ha- in the end? No. No, no. it was. Because he, and he referred to it as saying that this doesn't mean that we are now together. No, there was another woman in the end, I think. And you see, this is also something. Maybe they, it was, but maybe it's not. They looked very much they, alike. But I like the other woman very much, the one he had nowadays. Yeah, the nation. That was, she was really nice. I think that was the woman he was driving with. At least in one point he was driving with her. Yeah. But how do you know this young Newton? I, I listen to her music. Oh, I don't know. She's a she's a folk artist, like with a harp. Oh, I don't know at all. But she was wonderful, like any woman, not special uh, anyway, but special in that way. Mm. And this uh, this uh, the, the strange thing. I would like to say one thing. Mm-hmm. That Joachim Phoenix is a loner, mm-hmm. complete loner, also by himself, not only in the film. So when he sits in the car with the woman, he's alone. You can't make him together with anybody. He's alone forever. 
Mm-hmm. That's how I see him. I, I have the feeling like that. So it was made, he was made to sit there with the woman and we were made to feel like he is with that woman, even if he's alone. Mm-hmm. It, it was a wonderful achievement to mm-hmm. do because he can't do it. Mm-hmm. He's alone. So anyway, he was with that woman. Mm-hmm. And then he saw this light and mm-hmm. went to the black. And, and then the end cre- credits. And the credits. The neon lights. Huh? That's wonderful end credits. Uh, yeah, it's uh, seldom you see, sometimes you see in films you have the pleasure in the end too. In the, instead of, I, I love the all the roles of names and everything, always, but almost always. Mm. But this one was a kind of, a, it was a kind of a treat for us, mm. like a cake. Neon lights with names. Mm. Real neon lights with names. And the music. Yeah, I I really, music is one thing. I There was like a couple of Neil Young songs that really came out uh, from in the middle of it and suddenly you I realized like, hey, they're playing Neil Young. Oh, we have really to cool. talk about this music because you know, <laughs> you know that uh, I, I was living in 1970s as a young person then. Yeah. And, uh, I remember that song, the Japanese song. You remember this wonderful scene when they were pancakes, eating the... not. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it was pancakes, but it was a Japanese uh, place. They were pancakes. Yeah, they were going to pancakes. I think it, I felt it's a Japanese place. Mm-hmm. And it was singing behind that song, which was popular in my, in my young hood, called this... Uh, Da di da di da 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 di da di da. It's a Japanese song. Mm. Everybody knew it. So it's suddenly singing there, and Joachim Phoenix is there, and just Brolin, mm-hmm. and he's making this wonderful scene of talking like Japanese, but about pancakes. He, he's talking in a Japanese accent. Yeah. And it's a Japanese music. Motto Panakuk. Yeah, Monto Panako, Panaka, Panaka, Panakuka. Panakuka, Panakuka, Monto Panakuka. It's like Japanese. And behind <laughs> is this uh, wonderful song of this Japanese. And and uh, of course, Joachim Phoenix is, is extremely annoyed when he's shouting and shouting all the Panakuka, Panakuka. But what a scene. Mm-hmm. And what where to it was done from here behind behind under the table like from behind the table to up. Also, we saw that. Yeah. Not in a bland. There was a lot of scenes that were shot under like under from very under, low angle. From a, a normal bourgeois person, no grass smoking person or something, from under to the up. Yeah. So oh. people are either like kind of look, looking up or down. Yeah. So there was the music was very important in that film. <laughs> the many Neil Young and all that uh, and the Japanese and, mm-hmm. and the end also when the titles were. Why did the people leave? Yeah, they were so people are so uh, hurried to leave and not enjoy the titles. And it was such a nice thing. Such a pleasure it was the end, the mm-hmm. titles and the music. It's too rare. Mm. Rare. 
but um i think is that i think yeah of course there's so many things to talk about it but i think that was kind of all that and this is too early to to kind of the all all the things that we wanted to say about it or for now think about would you recommend it to people to go and see if if you would like other people would you would meet somebody on the street and then would you recommend this movie say like you should go and see inherent vice this reminds me i remember when we were in uh, tel aviv with uri and i was walking and uri met an old army champ of his and this army champ said to him that go and see uh, chinatown (laughs) and we went to see chinatown (laughs) and it was wonderful so I do the same here. Yeah, ties in quite nicely. <laughs> you never know. Mm.